Hello there, and welcome to episode 23 of Unknown Regions Podcast. I am your host, Michelle, and with me, as always, is your other host, my son, Colin. What is poppin'? Hi, Yubnub. A yeah, good Yubnub. Yub a yeah. good Yubnub to you this day. A happy Yubnub today. <laughs> a jolly Yubnub. For no particular reason at all. Nah, dude. Just because no. it's good. Um... Let's talk about, we're skipping again, we're going to skip uh, current events, because we just oh. don't have the time, Yeah, we, my no, friend. There's we no don't. time. <laughs> You're in, like, close to finals week. I'm dying out here, son. <laughs> you already had to move locations because the stupid bar underneath your apartment was too loud. So. Yeah, people, people be celebrating where I'm at. So, so let's just get right to it, shall we? Yep. Episode 10 of The Mandalorian, entitled The Passenger. The best one. Just apparently, when I sent Colin the notes, it delete. It doesn't say passenger. <laughs> it says assinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just to be clear, we are talking about the passenger. With Indeed. Indeed. Okay. And right away, I want to remind you, Colin. Okay. And uh, and all the fair listeners. Oh, I see this. This episode or this sorry, this season they have told us very very plainly. This is a quest. The man's been quested, yo. That is the word that they use. It is in the first 5 minutes of the first episode of the season. Mhm. They could have said any other thing they could have said i'm sending you or i've been sent or i've been asked to or whatever but Broad. no they use the word quest mm -hmm. which is indicative of like you know mythology and yep. fantasy and stuff like that so we're getting a lot of that kind of uh you know element with beasts and creatures and aliens and just really really um very lucasian weirdness oh yeah <laughs> like like character like alien wise yeah and just like this episode is so bizarrely weird it is in places <laughs> it really is but it, it's almost so. meta it's almost meta how the characters are weird it's delightfully weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kids probably Cause love it, that. Because if oh, I'm sure the kids probably love that. And it just feels very George Lucas to me, and I think it's cool. So when I'm hearing the F word a lot, being the F word being filler. Oh. <laughs> it's like, who's saying an, that? To, <laughs> to me, it's, a, it's an F word. Because I just don't feel like... Anything nah. Dave Dave Filoni's involved with, I don't think there's any such thing as filler. You gotta know. You gotta. You gotta keep in mind. I'm I'm clipping. Hold on. Fix it. Okay. You gotta keep in mind that these people have budgets. They have to spend this money. They're not about to spend this money on filler, yo. They're not about to waste these actors' time on filler, yo, or Ludwig's time on filler. Not right. to mention, this is not, this is not, you know, 2005. 
where we have 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. We get eight. We get eight episodes. Mm-hmm. So I really don't think that they're going to be what? like, meh, let's just like waste one. Let's just do <laughs> Let's just yeah. do one for fun, for funsies. I don't, I, I don't buy into it. Plus the I, fact. I don't know why people plus, think that. Plus the fact like this episode is so, in my opinion, again, just like episode uh, nine. It's just, it's dripping in all kinds of metaphors and stuff. So. For sure. Why don't we just go through the episode like kind of a recap sort of thing and then we'll talk about the deep, deeper meanings hidden beneath the surface. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you actually. Oh, yeah. Let's go right off the noticed bat. Th- yeah. Why don't you talk about. Well, first, the very first shot, twin sons. Yeah. We're still on Tatooine. But you then you notice something um, that I'm actually like, oh, man, how did I not notice that? It's Kylo-centric. Well, I mean, I know why you didn't notice that. Because why? you have defense mechanisms all over the place in your mind. Oh, against that film? Subconsciously. Yeah, maybe you're right. Um, yeah, it but, could be. Yeah, definitely a take on... The composition of that shot is definitely a take on the shot of Kylo coming in hot with his TIE fighter? TIE... What's it called? Silencer. Yeah, tie no, silencer. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's not. It's not the silencer. It's no. the uh, whisper. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Okay, the but it's whisper. that. It's like that shot when he's like really far away, and he's like coming in, hot. You know, like across yes. the desert, you see it. Yes, when they're on Pasana, and he's facing off with Ray, mm-hmm. and they cut away to like different angles of of the outside of the ship and then like yeah. there's like kind of like an upshot of Kylo in the cockpit. Right. They basically do the same cuts with Din riding on his speeder at the very beginning, which It's similar. I'm not going to say it's the same. It's not the same. It feels the same. It really feels the same. Yeah, I think they're going for that. But it's it's also cool how in this context because I feel like in the context of The Rise of Skywalker, that, that moment is very intense. And I feel like the context of this is it's just very Western, you know? Like yeah. lone dude in the desert riding on a... Or I guess, you know you know what I mean. Yep, like, I get it. It's interesting. But but it was... when As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, dang. You're totally right about that. Also, I do find it very, like, 2001-ian, if we can even coin that term. Like, just what? the beginning, like, the Dawn of Man, like, how it's just, a, like, straight-up landscape shots for, like, and it, it just start. it doesn't fade in or anything, like, the begin, like, the beginning of the first episode has that fade in, right? It's not just shot, I believe. Um, I maybe remember. I'm wrong. Maybe what I'm wrong. Mean? Well, we talked about a lot about how that episode nine has got a lot of 2001 little, little nods. Well, right, but correct me if I'm wrong, does 2001 have a fade-in from Black when it begins, or what? do you remember? No. Okay, maybe I'm tripping. So. Yeah, okay. I think you're tripping. <laughs> That's possible, it's okay. Um. Yeah, so there's some jerks mm. in the desert, and <laughs> they um, clothesline in and the baby and the baby goes frigging <laughs> flying across yes. the ground it was very upsetting that's a tragic moment man i know 
Um, and then, you know, he easily takes care of most of these guys and kicks their butts. But then there's this one who is either the same guy in The Force Awakens or mm. the same type of armor. I don't really know what that is on his person. But... Yeah, it's hard to tell. But I don't think it's the same one. But he yells at Ray if it's mm-hmm. the same one. And then he's like, uh, holds a knife to the baby's throat. Like, what? What? Yeah, that's crazy, this is, yo. This is really... That That surprised me. Mm. Yeah, it did that, too for me. That seemed a little dark. Like aggressive. Yeah. But um, in, it just kind of set the scene for this whole episode of Din being the Dadalorian again. Right. Because the last... <laughs> oh. I stole that. I did not make that. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember who made that up, but I definitely did not. That's pretty good. Episode nine, I heard a lot of grumblings about the lack of um, dad, baby dynamic. Mm -hmm. Well, this one completely. It's all about that. Yeah, completely makes up for it, which is one of the themes of the episode, which we'll talk about later, probably. Sick. Um, but his line, if you put one mark on him, there's no place you'll be able to hide from me. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good line. He loved his baby. <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah, he does. That was definitely, that's like a very particular, those are particular specific words, you know? Like. Yeah. To, he that's is a very not, dad thing to say. He is not messing around. It's not just that he'll kill you, but. He will hunt you down like the dog you are <laughs> and then kill you. Yeah, uh, but it's also like it also does have that line has just huge dad energy in general. It does. It totally does. Um, and also, I have to love this episode because probably the hardest I've ever laughed at anything <laughs> in Star Wars ever. Yeah, honestly. The bit with the jetpack. Yeah, that's great. I the cackled. Timing. I cackled, and then I rewound it and watched it, like, two more times and cackled every time. (laughs) And then I heard your dad watching it the next day or whatever, and I was all the way upstairs, and I knew he was watching it, and I hear this freaking guffawing, (laughs) and I knew exactly what part he must have just watched. That's awesome. Um, But, yeah, he gives him the jet pack, you know, like, so he won't hurt the baby, and uh, I guess it's remote control. I knew that was going to happen, by the way. Called it before it happened. Well, I mean, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, oh, dang. Maybe we're maybe that means he's going to have to use Boba Fett's jetpack, which is, which would not be terrible. <laughs> yeah. I would not. I'm not against it. Yeah, that would be that would be some excellent content, to be honest. But it's okay. But it's it was worth it. Him falling to the <laughs> just, ground like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> it was great. And then the little disapproving look that Baby Yoda gives him after that happens, and Din's just like, man, just like what, am I, what, am I supposed, what am I going to do about it? He's like yeah. trying to kill you. Yeah. And then the added comedy of the jetpack slowly descending back to the ground <laughs> yeah. and then falling over. Yeah, what forward. the heck? What the heck? That's it's so just, funny. It's just some good visual comedy. Yeah, man. Honestly, yeah, that, that's a really good comedic sequence for sure. I don't know why, but I think I'm gonna. You know how every time I see the Last Jedi with the little jingle jangle cart getting hit by the rock. This is gonna be one of those. I think it's gonna be one of those. Where every time I see it, I'm gonna (laughs) cackle and 
crack up. That's great. Okay, so why don't you talk about... Oh. Put um, me on the spot a bunch this time. Well, because you were like, this happened. I see this and I see that. Oh, yeah. Um. So after that happens, their bike is wrecked. And so I guess he has to walk all the way back to... Where is it? Are they in Mos Espa or are they going to... It's Mos Eisley. Um, it's Mos Eisley. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. The t- I'm sorry, the cantina. Uh, what, are you, what are you talking I'm about? <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, but you noticed a particular, like, visual um, oh, yeah. illusion. Why don't you bring that up? Because... I'm sure a bunch of people caught that one, too. <laughs> there are... there, but But you know what? There are more... There's more than one reference... Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. In this vein, in this episode, which is kind of interesting. Not really sure what they're getting at. Yeah, because they... uh... But why don't you tell what it is first? Go ahead. Okay, well, uh, yeah, Speeder gets broken, and he has to, yeah, trek it all the way to Mos Eisley, and he is carrying all of the stuff that they have, right? Like, Baby Yoda, um, Boba Fett's helmet and jetpack. The dragon Um, steak. The dragon steak. Roast. It's actually a roast, I would say. Oh, okay. It's a roast. (laughs) Um, Whatever. All their their stuff. Everything. Yeah, everything. And he's carrying... I'm going to try to explain it. I have to figure out how to explain it. Basically, all of his stuff is... I got this. Basically, all of his stuff is hanging off of this long wooden pole, basically. Rod or whatever. Log. And... The way he's doing it is he has his arms, like, around it with his hands kind of drooped in front of him. Like, he's carrying it kind of. Like, how well, do you even not explain drooped. this? It's like he's got, if you picture, like, a rod, a curtain rod or something, and he's got everything tied to the rod. And then he has the rod um, across his shoulders, and then he's holding on to either side with his hands. He is holding on to it with his hands. Okay, okay, okay. But oh, still, okay. it's still, it's still the well, silhouette, it's still the silhouette of a Yeah, like crucified, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. crucified well, person. Well, no, 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 no. I was thinking more specifically, actually, like his, his walk to like Calvary. Oh, right. Yeah. So, because it's like, you know, because that's when you see pictures of it, you kind of see a bunch of different depictions of it when you look at um, visuals but of that, of his... Of Jesus's walk to the to the crucifixion, but um, that's a that's a common one, like the one with his arms around it, like that, just carrying it with his body, basically. Yes, um, true. So definitely a nod, and also the fact that he is in the desert, and that's another trope of Jesus yeah. Christ being in Jesus, the desert for forty days. Jesus spends a lot of time in the desert there, towards towards like, the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's towards the end, but um, I think it's towards ish. There's the whole story of him walking in the desert for 40 days. That's kind of where Lent came from, which is a religious holiday. A holiday, not a holiday, uh, like a, like a. It's a preparatory time right before Easter. Yeah. And then, uh, but the reason he's doing it, I believe, is because like what? Because Satan is trying to tempt him and he's like, no. While he's in the desert, he's just, I oh. think he's just kind of out there meditating right. and praying and whatever. That's right. So while he's out there, the personification of darkness mm-hmm. comes to him and tempts him and basically says, 
you know, I don't know why you're so devoted to your father because mm. he's just going to ask you to give up your life. And you don't want to do that, right? That sucks. So sure. just disavow him and you don't have to worry about that anymore. So I'm wondering if Isn't that, that I'm wondering, well, first of all, it's a whole darkness, light. It's a binary, which this episode, so uh, much binary going on. I mean, on. the first shot is of the binary sun, so exactly. you kind of have to expect that. Exactly. So I'm wondering, like, is that why they keep making allusions to to Jesus and to Christianity? But we'll get... We can talk about that later if you want. Right. Um, so anyway, he goes into the cantina. Yeah. I, I spotted the hairy guy. I don't remember his name. <gasps> really? I forgot to look it up. But that hairy guy at the bar yeah. is either the guy from Rogue... He, well, I don't know if he lived through Rogue One or not, but he might have. Yeah, I, um, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's his cousin. I keep saying, like, everybody's everybody's cousin. <laughs> that um, that TFA guy at the beginning, probably his cousin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So okay. this guy's okay. probably the cousin of the guy from Rogue One. Yeah, that's cool. And I didn't notice are, that. We are so blessed that we yeah. get more Pelly. Yeah, more that's Pelly? that's awesome. Pelly, She's cool. Pelly. Or otherwise known as, um, oh, what's her Amy name? Sedaris? Amy Sedaris? No. Sidaris. No. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. It starts with a C. The character from hey. Alien. Oh, Ripley. Oh, Ripley, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise known as Ripley. <laughs> funny Ripley. Yeah. Ripley's not so funny. No, <laughs> I guess. And she is playing Sabak with... The new boy. <laughs> Our new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> a giant ant-like, <laughs> mantis-like, I don't even know what. I mean, it's straight um, up just an ant. But it's just, it's, uh, like... <laughs> it's Space Antony from Ant-Man, which would oh. make sense because Peyton Reed directed this episode and he directed uh, Ant-Man. Ant yeah, that's really funny. So he probably just demanded, it was probably in his contract where he's like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this unless there's a giant <laughs> ant puppet alien. And they were like, Oh, Fine. yeah. I love how it's a puppet, too. It's really cool. It's actually a really cool puppet. Like, no cap. It's really cool. Whatever it is. Is there a guy in there? Is it a puppet? I don't even know. No, there can't be a dude in there. It could be animatronic. Anyway, but uh, that's true, I guess it could. But in a in a shocking turn of events, his name is Dr. Mandible. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That is like if we're talking about a George Lucas goofy or like he just names things goofy things sometimes oh yeah all the time all the time like remember how recently we found out that initially the character that became ray in the sequel trilogy was gonna be named winky oh <laughs> that was like no. their did i not tell you that i don't know man i don't think so that's new to me her Jeez. name could have been winky <laughs> That would have been so stupid. I would not have seen those movies <laughs> if the character's name was Winky. Because then um, everybody started joking that because Ben Solo's name, what they had talked about naming him Skyler. Oh. So then, okay, well, what would Raylo have been called then if it was Winky and Skyler? Weiler? <laughs> Winkler. Oh. 
And I actually made a little meme of Henry Winkler. Oh. And I need, I'm so going to get that made into a button for celebration. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse oh, man. me. Oh, oh. All what? over them. All over the mic. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm I tried kidding. to lean back. That was good. I had a little incident with champagne last night, guys, just so you get it aside. Yum nub, yum nub, yum nub. Yum nub, yum nub. And I am apparently allergic now. Oh. To champagne. Oh, wow. And I had okay. a very crazy reaction to it and so today the only thing i'm left with is a lot of mucus in my throat basically this is not what we need to talk about on the podcast oh geez dude mute (laughs) your mic making it very hard for me to talk a lot i see that but mute your mic remember if you mute your mic from your end you won't be able to hear me okay sorry i didn't okay so let's move on dr mandible we love. Um, I like this whole scene where they're playing sabak. It's really fun. And then I also like Pelly a couple of times pulls one over on um, Din. Like he's very <laughs> he's very savvy most of the time, but for whatever reason, Pelly seems to be able to work him over. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he gets them to cover their their sabak <laughs> game, and and it's like over immediately. Like right, he so Doctor Mandible loses immediately. <laughs> but then we find out that Dr. Mandible is key to this episode. Yeah, he, the... he knows somebody who knows somebody <laughs> who knows somebody yeah. that knows of where some other Mandalorians are. Oh, my gosh. Well, how many extensions? No, I'm just Same. saying. It's, oh. I'm kidding. He just oh. knows somebody who knows where the Mandalorian, some other Mandalorians are. For sure. So Pelly is like, okay, so, they're, so the Dr. Mandible... Also, I just want to talk about how many languages Pelly speaks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's Which, cool. I'm sorry, but also plays into the whole communication thing. Mm-hmm. Like, she's really good at communication. Wait, why'd you say I'm sorry? Because we're going to talk about it later, but I'm just, like, interjecting. Oh, okay. She can communicate. In this episode alone, she can communicate with Dr. Mandible, Fish Lady. Obviously, she speaks, you know... Uh, Mando. basic, basic. <laughs> she speaks basic, so she can talk to Mando. Right. It's imp- it's impressive. She yeah, speaks really all cool. these languages. Yeah. Um. So they and can understand doc- like pit droid and like all this stuff. Right. She speaks droid too. Yeah. Wow. Very talented. Very talented lady there. <laughs> uh. So the so Doctor Manimal says, "I will have my contact meet you at the at." the whatever you want to call where Pelly works mm-hmm. station. I don't know what that is. So they go back to Pelly's place and um, she's very excited about the dragon meat. So <laughs> she gets her droid Treadwell. He's a Treadwell droid. Yeah, it's awesome. To roast up their meat with a, and that's cute because they use a pod racer engine just like they do when they make Ronto roasters on Batu. Oh, we really had to name drop those. That was a bad did, decision. Did you not think of Ronto roasters when you saw? I did. I did. I, the way it was like turning and yeah, I definitely thought of that one like animatronic thing that they have there. The, the, the dude turning it. Yeah, totally. Oh, Ronto roasters. They're so we love good. you. They're so we love good. you so much. Ugh. Um. Okay. 
so Pelly then says, the contact is here and let me introduce you. So out comes Frog Lady. Woo! Literally, that's what they call her. If you have the closed <laughs> captions on, she has no name. That's so weird, man. It is, it is, but also not in oh. some ways. Okay, I'm interested. But just, but just the fact that they may, they want to make darn sure that you realize that this lady is a frog lady. <laughs> yes, <laughs> frog. She's a frog lady. Mm-hmm. And um, so this frog lady has this big container of eggs. It just gets weirder by the... <laughs> <laughs> no. weird. It sounds ridiculous when you're talking about this plot. but No, we need to talk about this. Um, when we were watching, when I was watching this, I watched it, I think, a day after you. And yeah. I was watching it alone, and the lady came out with a like a canister of eggs and I immediately called you and I was like, bruh, I'm five minutes in and there's already <laughs> eggs. Like he did. He didn't even text me. He <laughs> called me and said, and he's yelling at me. Like it's my fault. I was like, did you write this? Did you I, write this? Five minutes into this story and there's already <laughs> eggs. You write, did you write this? Did you tell them to write this? I'm like, just wait because it gets mad. better. You're making it no, sound like I, I was mad. No, I know you weren't bad, but it was just really funny. Like you were. Oh yeah, it was you funny. Were, uh, and I did say I just, just wait because you are really <laughs> gonna think that I wrote this <laughs> in about twenty five yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. And okay. So, frog lady's legs. <laughs> frog lady's legs. Frog lady's eggs. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's late. <laughs> she explains. Well, Pelly translates. Mm-hmm. That these eggs have got to be fertilized by the equinox because her husband, frog, fr- gentleman frog, gentleman frog, frog gentleman, frog gentleman, um, has you know found them a place to live. It's on an estuary moon um, with a gas giant sun. Like he's, she's giving us all this really bizarre. Detail. Yeah. What the heck? I remember that. I was like, what the, I'm not keeping track of any of this. <laughs> and she needs to get their ASAP before the equinox, but caveat, you can't use light speed because it will kill the eggs. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. And, I want to know the, I want to know the science behind that. And Mando's like, excuse me, what? <laughs> I thought that she was going to tell me where the where the Mandalorians are like that's but you know it was like it's basically he's being entrusted kind of like a knight it's an honor thing Mm -hmm. to escort this basically pregnant lady Mm -hmm. to her back to her husband so to me it just seemed like a very like knight and lady and chivalry and again it's a quest so you know what this story reminded me of when i watched this what i think last episode didn't i mention how there was a total avatar reference oh yeah you did this one really reminds me of that one episode when ang and ang and the gang i guess i'm gonna say um we're trying to get to bossing say and they run across that family that has a pregnant lady that they need to get across the (laughs) and there's a sea serpent 
when am I going to start noticing these things? And they literally have to go through water, bro. And our, the serpents pass. You know? Yeah. I know, I know. I know, dude. It's it's the same. But it is kind of the same. It's kind of the um, same. It's definitely more different than the thing I caught last time. How how similar it was last time. It's not that similar, but it's I don't know. Like there's definitely a trace of like the protagonist having to escort a pregnant lady. Like that's somebody bearing children, right? That's just I don't know. Right. And the fact that there's water everywhere and that they're kind of having to pass through something that there's a big threat um that's an yeah. animal they have it's to get basically through. it's the same pattern of story it is yeah, yeah you're right yeah crazy what's the mm. name of that episode do you remember i think it's just called the serpent's pass oh yeah that sounds right delaney yeah. would know if she was here <laughs> she she'd would. be like it has a running time of 22 <laughs> minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds and then she just recites all the dialogue all of this <laughs> she could just act the whole thing out for us yeah um okay so back to like how specific they're telling us this planet or this moon is where mm-hmm. she needs to go where there are also i guess mandalorians that her husband has witnessed uh-huh it's an estuary moon so first of all again frog lady mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she is currently on land in the desert yeah she is asking to be taken to an estuary moon, which means watery. It's a watery moon. And she is burying basically what their, you know, their potential children in her container. So this speaks to like the whole, um, I guess symbolism of her being a frog and what frogs do in their life cycle, which is true, like true egg, tadpole, um, immature frog, and then adult frog. Like there's a whole life cycle there, and it's all about kind of like a metamorphosis, a change, a transition. Well, yeah, and it's obviously important to realize that also, yes, at the stage from the egg through tadpole through young frog, right? Those. Those stages are spent entirely aquatically, right? Like they're yeah. never, they never get to land until they've achieved like their full growth. Yes. So. Yes. It's, it's a, so I really think that that was the whole impetus. Like, no, it's a frog and it's got to be a frog and people need to understand that it's a frog. Ooh. Because there's, this is some subtext here and some symbolism. What are you laughing at? I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, I gotta see this. Hold on. <laughs> okay, boys. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Colin I'm sorry. is at his friend's house. You're good. You're because good. the bar was too noisy, but now apparently the friend is. <laughs> he just I got clapped. Know. He's playing Call of Duty. He just got owned. <laughs> um, wait, did you win? Jackson. Oh, you Colin. won. Colin. Okay, I'm, oh sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I'm we, sorry. Can we have some. We're on the podcast. Profi- professionalism here all right please. shut up we're in all right um i was gonna say though it's actually a very interesting metaphor too if you consider just just the fact that like a, the humans you know like humans came from the water and they had to get to land evolutionarily speaking so yes, it's almost it like he's carrying like life like really life of like everything 
you know? And if, if we're talking about Jesus, like the Jesus symbology, the Christ figure symbology mm-hmm. that we see a lot of this episode, like he was like the guy who was like the savior. Like every, he was going to bring everyone to salvation through his death, right? Yes. I mean, and I don't also, know. It's and the there's, there's a transformational aspect to Jesus as well, you know, being... Circle of both, life too. Being both human and God... Mm-hmm. And also the son of God <laughs> and just the whole thing, you know, about and dying and becoming um, like cor- uh, corporal, but not really corporal. Like there's a whole yeah. thing. I mean, being enlightened, you know. And what's that fancy word for what the priest does when he changes the the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ? Uh, oh, there's the- that trans something transfiguration it's not that simple of a word dang it it's a long word but there's a word for that oh oh transubstantiation uh uh, it's something like that it's something like that something like that. i could ask jackson again (laughs) what do you make what makes you think he's gonna know you think he was paying attention in religion class Uh, do you remember the the term (laughs) For when the priest takes the like the bread and wine and makes it like the body and blood of Christ. Oh, I'm not sure. It's that long word. Transubs, transub, 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 I know what you're talking about. Trans? He's got it. He's got it. We got a researcher on the pod now. He's I think it. it's transubstantiation. So do I. So do I. I want to I know that I that know. That sounds right. Okay, okay, we're continuing. He's got it. He's got it. All right. All right. He's going to find out for us and report back, Jackson. Thank you very much. Yeah, Jackson. Jackson's a real homie out here. <laughs> But I also want to point out, and I want some freaking points. Okay. Because the last episode, I was like... It's transubstantiation. It is transubstantiation. Okay. Thank you, bud. Well done, Jackson. Thank you. Yes, yes. I want yeah. some points because last episode, I was like, okay, I think here we're going to have going from a sand planet mm. to, oh, an yeah. I- to an ice planet to a water planet. Because I feel like that makes the most sense in the like th- subtext and the and the symbolism of the story, and we are in fact going from a sand planet to an ice planet, and assuming next week we will be going to the water planet. But where's the fire planet? Oh, I guess we already came from there, didn't we? Where's yeah. my snap? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Thank you. I'm clipping so bad. Oh, Very gosh. proud of myself. For that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, you've been, you're holding very strong to this theory, and I, I don't know, is this like the end of your theory? Has it been proven, or? Not quite. Okay. But the, the, as soon as I saw the frog lady, though, I was like, oh. <laughs> as soon oh. as they said, as soon as she said estuary moon, I was like, oh, wait yeah. a minute. Are we, and then I, then I was scared, because I thought we were going to the estuary moon right now. Oh, oh. So I was a little bummed. Oh, well, that probably put a nail in the, like, pin on it then. Like a but bow. Then, it tied but a nice the, bow. But then when I saw, oh, my God, we are going to the ice planet next. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay. Um, Where was I? We, that was a bit of a tangent. Okay. <laughs> so Mando cannot communicate with Frog Lady. Mm-hmm. Here's another instance where we have a communication problem which is by the way another biblical thing if you talk about the tower of babylon 
Is it the Tower of Babel? It's Babel, I think. Uh, Babylon. I think it's Babel. Um. Jackson, get on that. Oh no, <laughs> he's done enough. Um. It's definitely the Tower of Babel. Oh oh oh. How, yeah, you're right. I think. I think you're right. I'm sorry. But it's a it's a Star Wars problem too. Just like. Well, yeah. Oh but, my God! If these people would just talk to each other, we'd have less problems for sure. Yeah, you have to acknowledge that they're obviously using Christian tones in this one more than usual. Oh, I I mean I see it. Yeah. Because you know what they say. One time, okay, that's fine. Twice could still just be a coincidence. Three times, that's a <laughs> that's a pattern. Yeah, come on. And there are, there are three fairly obvious references, I guess you would yeah. say. Or I mean, an illusion. It's more of an illusion. To, yeah, um, it is. It is. It's like an allegory. Something to do with specifically Catholicism, too, which is funny. Yeah, they don't do that a lot. Uh, they Mm-mm. they seem to always try to tread the lines. Like they never make it very obvious. I think in, that's an eff- in an effort to really t- to really come across as being like about Western and Eastern religion and philosophy. But yeah, that's this true. one seems very strongly dose uh, doused in that a little bit. Well, it's both. Once once we get to talking about oh, uh, I guess I guess yeah, but other you, stuff. Just continue. But so um. So Mando agrees, fine, he will do this, and they get on board the Razor Crest, and he's like, what I find so funny in this episode is that Din is just, like, talking all the time, but mm-hmm. from from what you can tell, like, Frog Lady doesn't understand anything <laughs> yeah. he's saying. Baby Yoda's just kind of like, whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know if he understands anything either. He is he totally just, isolated in this He's just one. talking to himself the whole time. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny. But that's also metaphorical as well. Because it's kind of like you're talking to a brick wall at that point. So it's like all you're doing is just reinforcing your own isolation within yourself at that point. Mm-hmm. You're just talking to yourself. Yeah, and he even says, he's like, do you speak Hatties? And he tries to like, mm-hmm. he can barely speak it himself. And yeah. she just stares at him, which is real funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Baby Yoda gets up to some shenanigans. Shenanigans, bro. Some tomfoolery, if you some, will. Some haberdashery. <laughs> That's not what haberdashery <laughs> means. <laughs> some balderdash. Maybe we could accept balderdash. <laughs> haberdashery is I know is what it not... is. I know what it is. That. I know what okay. it is. So he's very interested in these eggs. Mm-hmm. He he stares at them when he first sees them back on Tatooine, and uh, when when the frog lady and dinner in the cockpit, he like sneaks over <laughs> to the egg container, and he literally uses the force. Yeah, dude. Did you notice that? Oh, of course, I noticed that. The music changed and everything. It got like dark. It was weird. True. There was like a new little. Um, cute little piece of music mm-hmm. that's almost like it's like baby you know twink twinkly and magical sounding yeah and then it like distorts pretty heavily when he starts doing that i love and that interest interestingly they use that same piece of music when he approaches the spider eggs later too uh-huh yeah well obviously that's a theme baby yoda eating stuff so is that the new baby Yoda eating things he shouldn't be eating music? <laughs> yeah. And we I uh know. I don't know if you have this in your notes, but um 
Christianity son. Oh, oh yeah, hang on. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Cool. So it cuts away because you're really not sure what Baby Yoda's up to. Is he like commute? At first, I thought he was just sensing what was in there, communing with these eggs. Whoa. You know? Yeah. And I was about to have my mind blown that he was going to be like, like he has forced telepathy or something, talking to the eggs or something. Yeah. Oh, maybe he is. But, but no, he's having a snacky snack. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen a lot of people comment like, "Is Din not eating this poor child? Feeding this poor child because he's True. constantly trying to eat everything." But I just think it's he's a toddler basically toddlers will eat like will put anything in their mouths they don't yeah they have like the oral thing babies don't care they just are like yeah. hmm, that looks maybe tasty <laughs> yeah and honestly they do kind of look tasty low-key they kind of <laughs> well, look like dumplings but they kind of look like dumplings they kind of look like um well they look like fish eggs that you they get do. on sushi which i enjoy i know you do not no nah. but yeah so din catches him scolds him bad boy like a, bad, good, like a good dad like don't a good do dad. that and then in a very sweet moment i feel yeah we find out that they have like little bunk beds together <laughs> little daddy son bunk bed situation in the, where, so in, funny. The, in the sleeping closet yeah man this is so cute very funny um so i'm gonna point out again something that happens once in a story Okay, fine. Twice, possibly a coincidence. Three times, it's a theme. What? Sleeping. Oh. Din uh. sleeps three times in this oh. one episode. And uh, that's a the okay, okay, okay. Just, just putting I mean, that out there. We should probably explain. Well, I can't explain. I don't know. What? Other than the yeah. fact that I... F- three? Well, the number three. Oh, the number three. Sure. The number three is... Another very, Christian thing. Very tied to Christianity. The Trinity. Um, the three... P- Peter the three denying, crows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter the- denying um, Christ three times. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. I am no biblical scholar, but there's a lot of three stuff. Three people <laughs> on the crosses. There were three people on the hill. Yeah, Sure. There's, their numbers are weird in the Bible. They're, yeah. they, have signif- they have a lot of significance. So They do. They do. Um, so anyway, I'm just saying the whole sleeping thing I think might be about something else. We can talk about that later. Okay. Um, okay, so I just have to also note that baby Yoda scampering across the floor or through the snow. <laughs> or when he's like, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up I'm scared. Yeah. That's my... That is my personal favorite brand of Baby Yoda. Dude, you you literally change your favorite brand of Baby Yoda every episode. <laughs> you have to stop. You have to choose. I choose the scampering because it, okay. it it looks exactly like my parakeet when my parakeet scampers across the floor, <laughs> which is one of the cutest things that he does. It is pretty cute. Because they're just like across the floor. It's the cutest. Well, he like has like a little like he like shuffles. Like in so the snow funny. when he shuffles in the oh my god. So <laughs> but yeah. I love the scampering, like when he's actually scared and scampering. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Okay. So they take a nap, cut they, they, like there's an actual edit mm-hmm. after they go take their 
nap time. Oh, that's the other thing. I think he says nap time. <laughs> wow. Okay. He he's not like time to go to bed or nap time. You're naughty. It's he's having fun nap. with Baby Yoda, bro. Just let him have fun with Baby Yoda. But I'm just saying, there's so much dad. <laughs> yeah, they're not even trying to hide it at this point. Nap time. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if he showed up with chicky nugs. <laughs> you yeah. want chicky nugs, you baby? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there. This was really cool, and I know this was probably one of your favorite things in the whole episode. Oh, son. We Let's get see. a we get a couple of X wings. Yes. Yes, dude. Which which wakes him from his sleep, in fact, mm-hmm. because they're, you know, hailing him. Mm-hmm. And and there's like an alarm that goes off. There's an alarm that goes off, wakes him up out of his nap time, and uh, it's it's Wolf and it's Carson. We mm-hmm. find out. Of course, Wolf, dude. When I saw in the subtitles Wolf talking, uh, like when I saw the name, I was like, all right, here we go. Here we well, go. Plus, it's plus it's not as it's not as though Dave Filoni's voice is not completely recognizable to every single yeah. hardcore Star Wars fan. We all knew immediately it was him. Yeah. But they're basically like, uh, yeah, we need to keep tabs on you. And Mando's like, yeah, no, you don't, because I'm pre-imperial and I don't have that. And they're like, well, you gotta send us a ping anyway. And he's like, hmm, I don't think I know how to do that. I don't think I have the software. Like. His lying, like he just got pulled over by cops or whatever, yeah. was pretty funny. Yeah, it's great. And instead, he's just like high speed car chase, basically. Yeet. <laughs> this is a, such a yeet. I've never goes, seen such a yeet. He goes into like a. But hold on, hold on. You're missing the best part, fall. though. You're missing the best What's part, the best? though. What's the best part? The best part. This is a good scene. You're just flying right through it. I love this scene. Then be my guest. Like the sound effects and. Just the dialogue is really interesting, and there's no music, which I appreciate. Like, there's no, there's a lot of silence, which I think is really nice. Like, silence builds suspense in a very nice way in this scene. That's um, true. You're right. Yeah, it does. And when the S, when the S foils, open, that's right. amazing. <laughs> that was so cool, man. Like genius that's, exposition, dude. That's when you knew. Uh oh. Yeah. About to go down. Oh yeah, I did skip a whole bunch of stuff, because um. First of all, they say this is New Republic jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that's a that's a sequel trilogy reference, which is yeah. kind of exciting. Yeah, it is. And when he thinks he's about to get away, he just like says, "May the force be with you." <laughs> yeah. And Carson says, "And also with you." Come on, dude. Come on, dude. That's legit a quote. That is a quote from a mass. <laughs> Come on. And I don't know if non-Catholic people know that reference, yeah. but yeah. prior to about five years ago or so, maybe six, mm-hmm. um, there would be a part of the mass where you would shake hands with your neighbors around you mm-hmm. and you say, peace be with you, and... The priest would say, peace be with you, actually. And then the whole church would say, and also with you. They've mm-hmm. changed it now. We don't yeah. say that anymore. Yeah. Now we say, and with your spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I like better because it's a little more um, 
It's more spiritual. It's a little more namaste. Like, I like it better. Yeah. But when he said, and also with you. (laughs) It's like, oh, man. I almost fell off my couch. I felt like I was in church. (laughs) It's weird. Because it was, first of all, I just thought it was so dang funny. Mm, Oh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. I I didn't even catch it as a Christian reference yet. Because I hadn't even, you hadn't even told me that, oh, wow, he looks like Jesus on the cross. Like, I didn't even notice that. You noticed that later. How do you not notice that, dude? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I notice everything. Sometimes I notice, I don't notice the most obvious things. Like, you notice all the things pertaining to religions and ideologies that you don't really practice. But the one time, the most (laughs) obvious visuals presented to you of a religion you do. It's like, where are you at, brain? But... My brain is a mystery. It really wrapped is. In, wrapped in a conundrum. <laughs> Dipped in riddle sauce or whatever yeah. it is. But let's get to the so, good part. So that was very interesting and funny yeah. and hilarious. So then they're like, well, if you, can't, if you can't ping us, you need to follow us to the outpost at Adelphi. Oh! <clears throat> which is a very probably super obvious references reference to delphi the Mm. temple (laughs) (laughs) which is greek mythology and it was apollo's temple and there was an oracle indeed bro i know dude you're telling me excuse me so now i'm like we gonna be like seeing some oracle bro that'd be so cool that'd be so cool because that weird thing at the beginning, remember how they were going to do that weird big baby head in the water at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker? And they built the model and everything. It was going to be on Mustafar. Remember that whole... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was called the Oracle. Oh. First. Then they gave it a different name. But it was an cool. Oracle, basically. Okay. So now I'm like, hmm, or is this just a, is this just a heads up, like, don't forget, we're, we're talking about mythology here. This is a mythological story. Uh, that's a very, like, you could have used, like... I think it's just a name drop just to be like, hey, pay attention. You myth, think so? Myth. This is, we're talking about myths here. You really think so? Or, and this could also be, mm-hmm. I did not know of this play. I actually yeah, Google. Yeah. It's called either Adelpho or Adelphi. Oh. <laughs> it goes by both names. That's hilarious. But it was a play written by Terence during Roman times, 160 yeah. BC. Woo. But what it's about is makes me think this was on purpose. It's about two fathers parenting two siblings. Oh. The play centers on two characters with opposing beliefs about parenting. Oh. One father takes an authoritarian approach. His brother is permissive. Oh. But That's what's really, cool. really what's really weird about it though is this this um authoritarian father uh Demia, Demia, Demia is actually the real father of both the sons. Oh. But his brother adopts one of the sons. Okay. So the sons are actually true siblings being raised by two other siblings that's cool and they're raising them in opposite ways 
So. Oh, 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 dude. That's just like, um, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, that's kind of a take on Romulus and Remus, kind of. Kind of, but I mean, the whole theme of parenting in this Well, uh, oh, yeah, oh, dude, oh, yeah, obviously. Binaries, but. opposites. Mm-hmm. Just, I, that can't, that cannot possibly be an accident. I mean, they could have called it, like, Delph, like, I don't know. They could have called it a more Star Wars name. Adelphi is not really a Star Warsy name, to be honest. I mean, it kind of sounds like it to me. But not just, to me. I really just thought it was a reference to Delphi, but then oh, when be. I actually, could it could be that too, but when I found out what this play was about, mm-hmm. that's what sold me on, like, this is not an accident. That's too much a coincidence. It could have been, that topic of that play could have been anything. Yeah, that's actually, that's really cool that you point that out. I did not know that. I knew that that play existed. I didn't know that's what it was about. So somebody's doing some... <laughs> some, some research. Some very nice little, I don't know, Easter eggs, I guess. Yeah, looks like I that. Call them. Okay, so this chase that happens. Let's go back to that. So he yeets out of there because he's not about to get pulled over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. found out. I was going to ask, did you catch, like, kind of the, the Firefly reference camera work? Yes. Oh, really? percent. Yes. Oh, nice. Okay. When they're first starting the chase, but the way that it's edited and they do these like quick zooms, and it's like shake, like it's not a perfect shot, but it's like following them. Yeah. Yeah, it was very Firefly and very BSG. Yeah, I was gonna say BSG too, but BSG did BSG take that from Firefly though? Dang, I'm not sure which came first. Firefly had to have come first. Yeah, probably. Maybe they were kind of maybe during the same time. Dang, I don't. I'm not sure. I would. I would think Firefly came first, but I'm not positive. Okay, it doesn't matter. But yeah, but definitely caught that. Quality ship chase, I would say. Oh, you were, oh. <sighs> quality. That ship you chase being, was dope. You being the ERP ship guy. Yeah. <laughs> you were happy with it. I was. I liked when he fell down. And the frog lady was freaking out when he the did the death drop. The poor frog lady. Oh, my God. That poor frog lady. I thought she was going to have a heart attack. But, dude, that move was sick, yo. That move was cool, man. And then we see the ice planet, upon mm-hmm. which time I patted myself on the back so hard <laughs> I probably like, hurt my shoulder. Whoa. Okay, well, don't do that. Oh, you, so yeah, you said in the in the notes, ice planet, go me. You said. <laughs> You're very full of yourself. <laughs> Okay, so they they successfully evade the X wings, mm-hmm. or so they think. Or well, yeah, true. I mean, they do for now, but mm-hmm. so they're hiding in like a little little spot, and the floor beneath them is ice, and it breaks, yeah. and they fall down into an ice cave. Oh, dude. I was a little disappointed that that scene was not Renvar, but I can live with it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Like, everybody and their dog really thought it was going to be <sighs> Ilum. Uh, and that. Yeah. And there were going to be, like, literal crystals coming out of the ground, flying at Baby Yoda. And, you know. uh, that would have been so cool. Two on the nose, I would say, but... Um, Too bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or not. I no. enjoyed the, the what, what happened. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's talk about this. Let's get into the let's get into the Jungian Freudian Force Cave stuff. I mean, caves in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing I know, a cave is never just a cave. Uh huh. In Star uh-uh. Wars, especially most of the time in Star Wars. I mean, Wars. in every story, man, a cave is never. I mean, it, it dates all the way back to Greek to Plato, right, with the allegory of the cave. True. And uh, I think that, wait, was that Plato? Yeah, yeah, that's Plato. But yeah, it's such a such a classic literary device. So as soon as they fell down into a cave, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that There's, was really cool. There's love- going to be some weirdness now. This is definitely the first time we've seen, well, except in Rebels, right? Because Rebels, I mean, uh, was was that planet where they went with, with Maul? To get the holocron answers, and then Vader turned up. Oh, yeah. Malachor. Yeah, yeah. Like that was kind of not really a force cave thing, but it was like falling through the roof to like an underground. I don't know. I was reminded of that. It always, it always represents something. Either the underworld, yeah, the subconscious, weird forcey stuff happens in caves all the time like there's always something shadowy and weird Mm -hmm. and subconscious (laughs) going on yeah in a cave yeah and this cave did not disappoint let's just no it did not (laughs) yeah um so unfortunately my beautiful beautiful baby the razor crest oh tragic really going through it yeah yeah Poor, poor uterus in space is just... <laughs> it's getting thrashed, man. Really? Again? Yeah. Which can't be an accident. beating. Yeah, like, no, there, no. There is, there is subtext to that. That this happened again. Like, his ship is trashed again. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they survive the fall, thankfully. And Din is very concerned about Frog Lady. And he's like... I'll get you a blanket so you don't freeze. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was so sweet. Yeah. I actually liked that moment. I did too. Um, so she's like, ah, my eggs. And he's like, don't worry, I'll go find them. <laughs> ah, my eggs. So he goes back to find the eggs and to find Baby Yoda. Um, And he thought that this was a particularly good time, I guess, to have another snack. Mm-hmm. And gets caught, <laughs> gets caught eating the eggs. A second time. Oh, I, I wonder Skull. if there's going to be a third time. Question Gee, mark. I wonder. I wonder <laughs> if there's going to be a third time. Yeah. Uh, scolded again. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just are trying to decide. He's trying to decide what the heck he's gonna he's gonna do. Like the they ship, really are stuck. You know, they have this giant gash in the in the side of the ship, mm-hmm. and um, it's really cold. And they, they're talking, she's trying, like, Frog Lady is desperately, you can tell, trying to tell him something, and he literally says, I don't understand Frog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently Frog is a species and a language in Star Wars. Well, honestly, at first it bothered me that they kept using the word Frog. Oh, come on. Because I'm like, that's an earthly word. But, like, dude, think of Lord of the Rings. Think of, like, all these other stories that use some time, not all the time, 
but like a human word, you know? I get that. But at first I was like, this is like when they use the word snake and it bothers me when they use the word snake so much. Mm. But then I'm like, no. It is Lucasian. It is Lucasian though. He did it first. But then I'm like, no, they really just want us to understand that this is a frog lady for symbolic purposes. I mean, of course, but it's also, it's also Star Wars-y because George Lucas did that all the time. Like they literally called their weapons guns. But I don't like it though. Han Solo says, I'll see you in hell. I know, but it bugs me. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It bugs me too. But I'm I'm just saying like, this is definitely not making sure you know that this is not the first time by a long shot. Oh, I know it's not. This kind of language has been used. I know it's not. And plus this, they have a real reason in this one because yeah, and that metaphorical but anyways finesse they he all of a sudden is like we better get some sleep (laughs) he wants to sleep again he wants to sleep again and there's a little moment and he like sits on the ground yeah you see like like (laughs) baby yo-yo like cuddles up right next to him (laughs) so cute and then you see frog lady like cuddling her uh, her egg container and Mm -hmm. and um but then we see her eye line go over to the side of the hanging on the wall is that droid whose name i didn't write down and can't remember oh you didn't write it down come on dude but he was in the prisoner he was like the really bad droid yeah who's about to kill baby yoda who's about to kill baby yoda and all of a sudden, again, we cut to something wakes up Din. Mm-hmm. And it's the voice of that droid. And it is startling because when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to go back to the Gatra. Like, here we go. <laughs> this is it, yo. Here we go. It's the Gatra. Like, the, the bad droids are trying to take over. Mm-hmm. But no, no. Frog Lady is, like, apparently an electrical engineering genius and has hot wired the droids what'd she say vocabulator oh i love that word so that she can speak frog and then the droid will translate it into basic mm-hmm. so that she now can communicate mm-hmm. with din yeah i love that i loved that scene it was like whoa like that scene i actually had a moment where i was like oh this is new <laughs> It was new, and it was very, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is important thematically, like, for sure. It felt very, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a it's a little blasphemic, I would say, but it felt very Star Trek-y, to be honest, to me. A little bit, because not, not often, you don't often have technology, like, really coming into your major plot you know what i mean well yeah not only that but i think star wars a lot of the time technology is not even really a theme well okay like it's not it doesn't care about its own technology it's always used as like the harbinger of war symbol like that like every time technology is involved it's always bad it's always war related it's always this that right but we see in like episode eight star wars uh last jedi i should say um that's kind of when Ryan Johnson was like, "We're gonna t- we're gonna incorporate this theme of technology for real. We're gonna talk about how like there's bad on this side. It could be considered bad on this side to the other, and vice versa. You know what I mean? The technology mm-hmm. being used. But this is kind of the first time I really see it that um, technology is being put under a, a positive light 
in this series, at least in this series for sure. Hmm. So, like, name another time where this where technology is used for good. I guess. I mean, I guess IG Eleven, but um. Yeah, but he has to be reprogrammed. Yeah, yeah. So. So this is another. Re- it's another reprogramming. Which this is another reprogramming True. for. Um. Benefit to benefit others rather than to be um, an assassin droid and kill baby Yodas. Right, right. So that's really interesting. And then again, it's like communication is a big deal, especially apparently in this episode and the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, but she basically gives him the what for. Yeah. <laughs> and is like, listen up, buddy. <laughs> Wake the hell up. Mm-hmm. We need to go because these eggs in this container, this is the last brood of my life cycle, and my husband has risked his life to go to this moon to the only, she basically says, the only place that will have us. Mm-hmm. And where we can start a family and be together. And my, you know, again, my, the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. I got I got to get this done by the equinox. Right. So let's let's go and he's like lady deals off blah 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 and she's like ow. Oh. Well, I always heard that Mandalorians kept to their word and that's part of their code, oh. but I guess those were just stories for children. Yeah, what a roast. What a and roast. He, and he, he like didn't say anything. Takes a pause and he looks at Baby Yoda and Baby Yoda's looking at him. And he's like, God dang it. I can't be like being dishonorable in front of my son. My son is watching. <laughs> my son. My where, son where, is watching where's, me. Where's dad when you need him? My son. <laughs> so he basically is like, all right, all right, all right, all right. So he goes to fix outside. He's starting to fix the ship. And uh, baby Yo-Yo like waddles over through the snow. And he's like going, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, he's like pointing at something, and and Mando's like, "Why don't you come over here and help me for once, you little freeloader?" <laughs> you twerp. <laughs> he should use the word twerp. That'd have been hilarious. He should. That would have been funny. But um, Baby Yoda's trying to tell him that the Frog Lady has just decided to uh, wander off mm-hmm. into the labyrinthian ice cave, where we don't have any idea what's lurking in there. Heck yeah, dude. So they follow her, and it is kind of, la- you know, it's kind of like a labyrinth. Oh, yeah, for But sure. the point is they're going deeper and deeper into this cave, mm-hmm. which means they're going deeper and deeper into an otherworldly type of a thing. And in the my collective opinion... collective unconscious, bro. The... Uh, the Possibly, yes, of course. But, like, also, I think it's a force thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that too. Like, they're going into... I mean, there's no there's no indication that this place is, for you know, strong in the force or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, something drew that lady to that hot tub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hot tub. I highly doubt she in just... hot tub. <laughs> it's hot. I highly... <laughs> I so. highly doubt she just was like, hey, I bet there's a hot tub in there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Why would you th- Why would you wander off into an ice cave like that? It's weird. Oh, yeah. For sure. 
And plus, bring your eggs with you. Like, she mm-hmm. clearly had her eggs with her, too. For sure. Anyway, very I kind of, cool. I kind of have a, a, several. I have several ideas for that room of what that could represent, by the way. Okay. Hang on to that until we actually, like, get... We're almost there. Okay. So they follow her through this cave, and they find... The frog lady <laughs> in a hot spring. Yep. She's just chilling. She's chilling. I.e. the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I will tell you this. When I saw that, I think I out loud at three o'clock in the morning went, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I, even... was, I was so confused. What is even happening in this episode? It is so weird. <laughs> but again, like you wrote this, like you would do that. But the, but then I'm like, oh, she's in water. Oh, the eggs are in the water too. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, and you know, hot springs, that's a thing in Greek mythology. I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So after some thinking about it for a hot minute, Mm-hmm. Ah, no pun intended pun intended no no pun intended. oh come on then i was like well if you're looking at it from that point of view it's not that weird i guess it's, it's still really weird i mean it, and i also weird, i also said it's the antithesis kind of of an oasis like the ice planet is kind of like every like you're surrounded by sand you're surrounded by ice and then there's this kind of island in the middle of it where it's like a sanctuary it's kind of like a it's like that you know but it's not real and when you're in the desert. I, like it's a mirage. I guess. You know? Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Well, in a way... Uh, and this one's of, real. I guess. I guess. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it, it, ha- it serves that purpose of like a sanctuary in the middle of darkness, kind of. A light that's there, you know? Yeah, that's a cool take. Yeah. Um, okay, so she's got the, her eggs floating in the water because it's nice and warm. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, cave, here we go. Can't get through an episode without saying the W word. <laughs> Womb-like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it's literally, it's a womb, dude. It is a womb. The, like, eggs are, the eggs are floating in the water. Yeah, it's a womb. It's wet. It's like, it's like. Warm and It's cozy. incubative. It's incubative. And it it's also. Yes. It also word, is incubative. surrounded by ice. And ice is kind of see-through. And like if you really want to talk about the anatomy. I know that like there's like a see-through portion. To where the baby's covered in. Yes. Like, a membrane. Yeah there's a membrane. Um, yeah. Again. See I understand the female body. Come it's at me It's actually. You know, it's called the call. <laughs> Did you know uh, that? The call? C-A-U-L. The call. Oh my gosh, no. I did not know that. Cool. Yeah, that's the little sack. <laughs> but little sack. As we we're about to find out, it really, really is a womb. Yeah. Because something's... Something's coming. Something's ha- been hatching over there yep. in the ice. Um, but yeah, it's totally... <clears throat> And we're also seeing, it's cool because we're seeing the frog lady. Again, she's like, she can be in the ice, she can be in the desert, she can be in the water. Mm -hmm. She can transform from all these different um, 
environments, I guess. She's got, she's got the survival instinct. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so basically, Din is like, what are you doing out here? I can't protect you out here. Let's go. Like, pack it up. We gotta get back to the ship. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, literally picking up the eggs and trying to put them back into <laughs> the, um, fishing them out of the water. Yeah. Um, Baby Yoda, again, like, gets notices these things sticking out of the snow baby yoda be wandering and we hear that music again that like twinkly Mm -hmm. little wonder music Mm -hmm. and he waddles over in a very very adorable way through the snow yep and he's like what's this and he opens (laughs) it and it's a it's an alien it's basically we are now watching aliens or possibly prometheus because Dude, I creepy I, stuff happens in that too. I loved that scene, man. I, I, oh, oh yeah, it, it could be Covenant too because it happens in. Covenant. Oh, am I thinking of Covenant? Yeah, I think am so. Am I getting them confused? I think you're thinking of Covenant. That's when they find like all of them. Like, they find like a huge farm of them. No, that's it's Covenant. No, it's not. It's Covenant. Well, maybe it happens in Prometheus too, but it happens in maybe. Covenant. I remember. I've only it very seen vividly. Covenant, I think, once. I've seen Prometheus a bunch of times. Oh, well, fake fan. But anyway, yeah, it's definitely, definitely, like, the way it, like, opens up, like, a, like, a, uh, like, it, like, flowers open. <laughs> yeah, that's super alien. Yeah. Aliens. I love and that. And I swear to you, when I saw the little bulb and the little legs mm-hmm. of what was inside that egg. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I ga- no. I gasped. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy crap dude it's okay 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 when i was watching this episode i can put this in a very simple way my experience of this episode okay i've been trying to figure out how to define it like how i felt overall average Mm -hmm. feeling about it i felt like i have already i had already seen that episode even though i hadn't like i knew everything going on like i i was predicting like so far ahead what what would happen this time like when i saw the eggs i knew they'd be spiders and then when i saw the little spiders i knew there'd be a big one and i knew the rebels <laughs> would come back i like i called all of it like right after that like it was wow. just yeah so i i did not i was too busy gasping and freaking out and then also <laughs> being completely disgusted yet also being extremely excited because I love the Krikna from Star Wars Rebels probably more than anyone else on the planet. I just love them, which is bizarre because I absolutely am phobic about spiders. I hate spiders. It's the best metaphor. But it is one of the best, um, yeah, metaphorical storytelling Mm -hmm. of any Star Wars ever. For real. Star Wars Rebels with the Bendu and the Krikna and when they're on Adelon, like, oh my god, it's yep. amazing. It is. So when I saw the little legs, I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> no oh. freaking way. Oh, no. So then my level of excitement goes up even higher when I see the mom or the queen or whatever you want yeah. to call it. Yeah. Because... Ralph Macquarie. Identical. I know identical you're telling me to the ralph macquarie concept art of the knobby white spider on which the krikna were based i love that 
So again, we have cousins. We have, <laughs> yeah. we have the Krikna on Adelon, and we have their ice cousins that live on whatever this place is that look exactly like the concept art. Mm, yeah, totally. Totally. Dying. I died, Colin. I yeah, died. I also, I don't know if they were going for this effect, but I got a huge vibe of uh, uh, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But see, that scene, I can't even watch. Well, okay. Obviously, it's less Star Wars-y, but I, I do... And like there is, was that was that spider's name Aragog or something like that? Yes. Yeah, yes. and how the, true there is no like big speech leading up to it, but the way that the little ones and then the big disgusting. one like crawls over. Oh stop! And, oh stop! Yeah, I can't even talk about it. It's so no, I'm talking about Star Wars. It starts with the little ones and then it like well, no, the big I know, one but, comes out. but now I'm thinking about Aragog and I don't want to. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, S- space spiders get a pass, but okay. <laughs> Harry Potter okay. spiders do not get a pass. They are disgusting and vile. I'm very sorry. Okay. So they this quickly turns into a horror show. Oh, and dude, this scene was so good, man. They are so good. chased and chased and chased. And, yeah, you were very, it was very cool. The mother spider, like, I can't, I don't even know how to describe this. It's like, I, put my, I put my hands up. When she went on top of the cave, I was like, dude, I'm on a ride right now. This is the best ever. This is the best. Yeah, she's, like, running on top of them, basically. Mm-hmm. They're they're in a they're in a tunnel, and she's on top of the ice tunnel. And, and you, you see, like, see the silhouette. Her. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh, man. This is genius. This is genius. It really but is. See, but what if you were, like, seven years old and you're watching oh. this? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's tough. Ter- are you terrified? Um, Kinda. Probably. Scarred for I, life, possibly? Uh, maybe. Yeah, that's definitely like a horror thing with the spider on top of the cave. Because that's like something weird. You know what I mean? That's just weird that they would do that. And that's those things. That's the type of thing that's impressionable, I think, on a kid's mind is the weird stuff. I mean, I'm just recalling when we went to see Willy Wonka and the oh. squirrels. <laughs> you started screaming. Oh, because well. the squirrels were attacking Veruca, and you were just not having it. We had to leave. <laughs> oh, no. No great was... loss. That was a terrible movie. But yeah, still, yeah. you're scarred for life now. You're just like, you're never going to well, forget that. I, I did, though. Every time I watched that movie, I never remember having that. I don't oh, have that really? f- moment. Yeah. So. Okay, maybe you're not scarred. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Ba-doo-doo. So, like, they get chased. They're shooting at him. Mando's using his flamethrower at him. He's doing everything he could possibly think to do. Um, frog lady becomes an actual frog and starts like leapfrogging because she's panicking. Didn't expect to see that. <laughs> Didn't expect to see that. <laughs> that was kind of funny in a way. Oh yeah, loved that. Sorry, my my uh, friend was leaving the apartment. He was closing the door. but um, That's okay. Yeah, I loved when when she got on all fours and she started leaping. In that moment when it's like so scary and then that starts happening, I had a I, it was like a dip, <laughs> like a really short like oh wait what was that oh wait oh no. <laughs> like um by the way the actress that is in the fish or the sorry the frog lady oh. costume, she's the same lady that was in the quill suit. 
Whoa, really? Her name's, her name's Misty something, Misty Rosas or something. She's very good. Oh, it was, it was a she playing Queel? It's a, it's a woman, yeah. Whoa, that's so cool. She's very She must be good. really short. <laughs> yeah, she is, she is. She's very short. She but. is very good. That Those are two completely different characters, and they are mm-hmm. not alike at all. No. That's super dope. So she's... Um, yeah, I was snapping and, because it's very good acting. Yeah, she's good. Okay, so they get chased all the way back to the Razor Crest, and that's when you realize, oh, no, there's a big gash in the side of the Razor Crest. Oh, yeah. That he didn't fix because he wanted to take a freaking nap. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And... <laughs> mm-hmm. so you should always listen to frog lady when she tells you to get up off your ass and go fix the ship yes yes because she's right um so they get basically you think they're done for because they got nowhere else to go they got nowhere else to go like the spiders are coming I in know. the ship they're throwing webs like <laughs> they are throwing webs Oh, there's that one moment when he catches one of the small spiders. Oh, yeah, and he crushes it. And crushes it. Oh, that was rad. That was so rad, though. Come on. No, dude. That was so cool. It was cool, but it was also (laughs) gross. Like, again, I'm going to talk about, I want to talk about how meta this episode is. It is just meta as hell. Okay, well, let's get through it, shall we? Come on. We're an hour and 20 in. We're almost done. Okay, so the spiders are attacking. Um... They get into the cockpit, and he uses his flamethrower to basically roast the, most of them alive. Mm-hmm. Um, you think they're okay. Like, frog lady, the, one of them falls on Baby Yoda's head, oh, and I he's know. like, eh, eh, and frog lady yeah. pulls out her blaster, which you didn't even know she had, and gets the rest of them out of the cockpit. You think mm-hmm. they're going to get away. They kind of lift up off the ground in the Razor Crest to get out of there. And Queen Mom, spider. She's back. She, oh, yeah. They, uh, he tried blowing her up, you've got to say. Uh, he got him in the eye. Um, but That's she true. got through it, clearly. That's true. I forgot that we thought she was dead. That's why mm-hmm. this was like a shock when she actually attacks the ship again. Yeah. And um, then you hear like this laser fire coming from somewhere. And I will just tell you. Good for you if you knew that those were the rebels. Yeah. I totally thought it was the droid. The droid. What droid? The droid. The the, the bad droid. Oh, like come back to life? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, dude. Come on. Come on. You're pranked. You're pranked. I was very pranked. I didn't know. I was wrong. I actually, for a split moment, thought it was the slave one, and I got kind of sad when it wasn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> i know i was like okay i can dream okay what are you why doing why wasn't it the slave one yeah dude i know i know why? oh <laughs> how no. cool would that have been imagine you hear that like that oh. like that sound well you should have known you should have known it wasn't because yeah. that the slave one yeah. does not sound like that when it that, that's why i did that's actually the reason i knew it wasn't is because it was not that sound that's an iconic one. So, so Wolf and Carson have shown back up. They've apparently track track found them somehow, and they go ahead, and they destroy, and kill, the queen mom spider they do indeed, and all the rest of the baby ones. Mm-hmm. Rip. And I just want to say. Oh my gosh! Here we go. <laughs> 
upon this point, I will be campaigning. Okay, here we the go. The knobby white spiders did nothing wrong. That's true. That's true. What did they do? They never hurt them. They didn't even touch them, technically. And they were even touching Baby Yoda, but they weren't even hurting him. That doofus ate one of them. And I can only assume, like I have it in my mind, this is my this is my headcanon. Yeah. That somehow one of those opening releases like a pheromone that makes the rest yeah. of them open. It's like alien. It's, it's like alien. Thing. So they literally did nothing wrong. I know. When the am I going to mother... get to talk about my, uh, by the way, we're getting past it. So I want to make sure that we, I touch on it. Like, am I ever going to talk about how this like egg opening room, the whole room, I want to talk about what I think all it could mean. Yes. We're going to, we're going to have a big discussion about the whole thing. Okay. So, but like that mother spider, <laughs> <Nuh-uh>. <laughs> that sounds like a bad word. <laughs> Yeah. That mother spider <laughs> <laughs> was literally doing nothing different than Frog Lady or Din by protecting Bars, homie. Bars, her homie. babies. Well, it's the whole others, right? Us versus them. We, we've talked about this. And I'm just really mad about it. Yeah, honestly. Because people are really... You know what? Put a pin in it. We're going to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go yeah. off right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the t- Carson and Wolf are like, hey, we know who you are. We know you were on that um, uh, prison transport or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we know that you sprung one of them. But then again, you also captured a bunch of the other ones. And you, we, we saw you trying to defend Lieutenant Davin. Who, mm-hmm. by the way, is Matt Lanter. Yeah. Lantner, yeah. Lant- I can't say his name. And so they're like, we really should arrest you. But, you know, things are crazy right now, basically, <laughs> yeah. is what they say. <laughs> the law is a little whack right now, son. Yeah. So we're going to let you go. And he's like, how about you help me fix my ship? And they're like, how about you put a transponder in your ship, bro? Uh, and then they just leave. That was mean. It was mean. Look at look at look at what look at this like, is so mean. So he's like, Well, I guess I have to fix the ship some more because we have to leave. And very cutely Baby Yoda is watching his dad like fix the ship. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. In the little fixing the ship montage. It was really cute. Agreed. Agreed. Um Honestly, I don't remember much of the episode after the rebels come and kill all the spiders. Well, the the mother spider had actually like put legs through the freaking know, glass of the cockpit. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how he fixed that. Some nah. sort of miracle, but um, uh, he fixes it enough. So he says like, "I'm gonna seal off the cockpit because the rest of the ship is kind of trash. It's covered in spider webs." <laughs> There's big yeah. holes. Like, I can't even close the back right now. And basically says, you got to go to the bathroom. You better do it now because we're going to be <laughs> crawling. We're going to be crawling to this estuary moon for oh, days, geez. probably. Um, So this is when, like, he lifts. They start to take off. They lift the ship up out of the dream cave, basically. They're back in space. And he's like, 
I'm going to go to sleep again. Homie is a fool. He literally says, sweet dreams. It's so weird. It's so weird. So they, he literally goes to sleep again. He tells Frog Lady to go to sleep. And the last thing we see is Baby Yoda, who has, gobble, snuck, gobble. Who has snuck another frog egg. <laughs> and he eats it, and that's the end. Why does he keep doing that, honestly? Wait, why do, in your notes you say, what have you done to my ship? Oh, I'm just very upset about this, the oh. state of the Razorcrest. I'm just like, it just made me think of, what have you done to my ship, Lando? You know. Oh, yeah, okay. Your I was trying ship. to remember... Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I, but I loved how the music was playing as it was flying off, like completely wrecked. <laughs> I thought that was kind of it was kind of it was kind of funny. So, ninety nine point nine percent sure we're going to the water planet. Woo! Immediately. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, we've already seen like a lot of scenes from the trailer, and there are a lot of episodes left. I'm a little skeptical now. About what? But what the heck's gonna happen, dude? Where are they gonna go? Like, what what's gonna happen? We still haven't seen the lady Moff Gideon. We haven't seen Moff Gideon. I know. We haven't I seen know. the Dark Saber. We don't know anything about what's happening with that. If he's the major antagonist of the season, what when are we gonna get to that? Like, yeah, oh I my know. gosh. The heck, man. I wonder um, if we're gonna get in the side, like we're gonna get like a like, we're seeing what Mando's doing, and then we're going to see what Moff Gideon's doing during this time, and then they're going to, like, meet in the middle. Maybe. That'd be cool. Okay, so I have written down for major themes of this episode. Ew. Sorry. <laughs> Can you not? I was so drinking gross. water. No, that was just me drinking water. Still. I'm sorry. Can we continue? Let's go. <laughs> no one wants to hear you swallowing. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, major themes. Communication. We've already basically touched on most of that. Mm-hmm. Um, balance and binaries. We haven't even scratched the surface there yet. So put the pin in that. Parenthood, oh family. Parenthood and family. Um, I think we'll talk about that a little bit. And then basically just like fertility and the feminine has to do much with Frog Lady, and we'll talk about that. Okay, okay. but first and foremost. I just want to lay this down as important that Baby Yoda is the representation of the Force in this series. Facts. There's no Jedi to run or worry about. There's no Sith running around. It's mostly about not about the Force. Mm-hmm. But he is very important, and he's all about the Force. So that is especially very, very important, I think, in this episode, because as you know, Colin, my favorite thing to say. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you want to say it or should I say it? Um, the POV of the Force is the only thing that matters. It's the only is POV the o- that matters. In Star Wars. Yeah. It Which really is. Is biased and you know it, but it that's okay. It is not biased. It is true. <laughs> Because the Force is striving towards balance. And if everything in this galaxy 
is being affected by that, then it is the only point of view that matters. I'm, I'm not saying I disagree. I agree. Okay. So that is important to remember, that Baby Yoda is the representation of the Force and the Force's point of view during this time in this story. Indeed. Especially this episode. Like, come on. Especially. Okay. So keep that in mind. And then we're going to talk about eggs because there are so many eggs. <laughs> yeah. In this Good eggs show. and bad eggs. Or I mean, it's not even just this episode. It's just, it's it, this show. Yeah. Yeah. We had a major episode about an egg in the first season. Yeah, with the Jawas. Yeah, the Mudhorn egg. And then the Mudhorn becomes their signet. Mm-hmm. So it's very important stuff. So the eggs in this episode, we've got obviously the frog eggs, and then we also have the spider eggs. And they're both extremely symbolic and metaphorical. Indeed. But but just for a little like uh, crash course about eggs and mythology and symbolism, every single mythology in the whole world probably has egg symbolism and egg like eggs involved in some way in their mythology. So that's uh, you know, they're a big deal in mythology and they're they're becoming a big deal in the show because they keep popping up everywhere. But uh in Greek mythology, particularly, the cosmic egg is is like from it's basically like from where all creation comes and it is i'll just read this in greek myth particularly orphic thought phanes the god of creation is the golden winged primordial being who was hatched from the shining cosmic egg and was the source of the universe um phanes means to bring light or to shine and is related to the greek to shine forth so we have a reference to eggs and light. And Classic. in my opinion, the frog eggs represent the light side of the force. Well, does it though? Yes. Because we know that the light side of the force is a little tainted right now. It does though. I guess on a surface level, but come on. Because we're talking about an episode that is full of binaries and what is the main binary of star wars light and dark yeah, yeah light yeah. and dark sides of the force can i talk about my idea about the room now not yet <sighs> not done with eggs yet this is important listen all right all right all right so young even says oh the, the egg is a germ of life with a lofty symbol symbolical significance oh you're stuttering you're stuttering it all is over not here. just a well, he uses a lot of crazy words. He does. It is It is not just a cosmogonic symbol. It is also a philosophical one. As the former, it is the Orphic egg, the world's beginning. So I was just talking about the Orphic egg and how Phanes, yeah. which means basically light, yep. god of creation, comes photo, from... Photo, Phanes. Comes from... What? The, the prefix photo, Phanes relationship there there is i mean photo ph ph like, oh maybe kinda. 
So, I'm just saying, in my opinion, the frog eggs represent the light side of the force. They represent creation. They're not quite life yet. Right. But they have um, the capacity to become a living thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're they're always talking about the living force and the cosmic force and how everything works True. together. They do use the term the cosmic force, which is... The, and the cycle of life and the whole cycle with the frogs. And it just all seems to be working together in this episode. Plus, the clincher for me is that in Rebels, the Krikna, the space spiders, are the embodiment of the dark side of the Force. Mm-hmm. In the episodes, right. in that season. I think it's season three? Yeah, I, I think, think so. Um, so, it to me, okay, if you're going to have... St- basically Krikna or these Nobby white spiders show up they they must be representing the dark side of the force they've already established in other star wars that that's what they symbolize right but so, we got a variation on a theme here in a way well it is a variation on a theme but not really cuz they're still space spiders and they look almost identical and they're based on the same concept art and yada yada well but the context is completely different the context is different, but I would still argue that that is what they're representing because, um, again, like this binary of the spider eggs and the frog eggs, they're not the same thing. Like, the frog eggs are, um, you know, like I said, like they have the, they have the potential to be life, but they're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Whereas the spider eggs, they freaking hatch. Like they're yeah. coming they're coming for you if you do not get the heck out of there and like you Do know. we do we know if they're eggs? Because they're alive. They're in there. It's almost just like they're hibernating rather than They're eggs. Okay. They're eggs. Okay. Because they're teensy tiny when they come out. I guess. And though by the way, those <clears throat> Those eggs are in the concept art too. The yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I, I noticed that too. That's really cool. So they went. They just went like full force. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love when they Using... do that. My throat is starting to go. Excuse me. I need oh, a drink no. of tea. That's okay. <clears throat> so. I don't know that I've convinced you that this is what's happening right now, but the fact that Baby Yoda no, eats you, them both... Yes, Mom, Mom, you've convinced me, dude. I've been I convinced have? since we had this conversation the first time. <laughs> you okay. keep trying to convince me. I've already been well, convinced. I, just, I wasn't sure you were convinced. I am convinced. Since Baby Yoda is the representation of the Force on the show, and also, like, a dum-dum. Like, he's just doing oh. what... He doesn't know. He hasn't been tainted by... The Jedi or the Sith. He hasn't been like indoctrinated in, into anything. He's a very natural just... He's clean slate. I mean, that's why it's like that's why Baby Yoda is the per- we talked about this, I think, um, on the way back into the city, didn't we? Didn't we talk about how Baby Yoda is the perfect metaphor of the Force? We talked about how he reminds me of the Bendu, quite frankly. Yeah, and I think I said that. I think I said that the uh, metaphor is very good with him because because every other character 
like every other Jedi or Sith or even just the Force sensitive people, simply um, they they all have bias, I guess. That always right. gets in the way. They always have their personalities. They always have their desires, their motivations, their their creeds getting in the way. Um, but with Baby Yoda in particular, Baby Yoda does not care. And we obviously see that as he is partaking in both like the light side eggs, as you say, and the dark side eggs. He doesn't care. So Right. He's just hungry. Yep. Which it's is cool. a natural it's a natural state to be. Like you're hungry, you want to eat. Mm-hmm. He is literally the nutri. The remember a long time ago we talked about the three levels of the soul, like Aristotle. Mm-hmm. He's literally the nutritive soul. Like he is the one. He is at the plant level. All he does is eat to survive. And I mean, technically, plants reproduce. I mean, I guess he's not reproducing, but um, he's at that level. Like he has nothing to show. I guess for himself. Right, in that and way. we've. We've seen him try to strangle someone because mm-hmm. he thought she was hurting his dad. Right, right. Which he would assume is the right thing to do, you know, when you're when you're just a kid and you don't know any better. You would just mm-hmm. try to protect your loved one. And it's the same thing here. You know, it's just it's the circle of life again. It's like cycle. Like you you're and plus he's pure just He's pure force. He doesn't know. Yeah. That eating frog eggs is bad, even though his dad told him twice not to do that. (laughs) Three times. He's still like, whatever, I'm hungry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I just do want to mention, too, that the Nobby White Spiders, the whole storyline that they were um, supposed to have, they were on Dagobah. With Yoda. Ooh. That's cool. So, I mean, that's some synergy there, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. They are, like, one of the coolest things in all of Star Wars, honestly. Yeah, they're really because, cool. They're a really cool addition. Because that whole, like, life cycle, how they start out as spiders and then they become trees. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the legs become roots. Yeah. And then they like have this whole life as a tree. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. They're honestly in that in that story, they're they are the embodiment of the forest. Like it's like spiders are gross and people react viscerally to them. Mm-hmm. Which is another reason why this whole episode is super meta. Because I can't tell you how many times um, this was like a big deal on my Twitter timeline. People were really upset that Baby Yoda was eating the frog lady's eggs. Mm-hmm. And I can understand why. Because yeah. they make the eggs out to be super important to her. They go out of their way to make us think they're super important to her. And then they try to make it a gag that Baby Yoda's eating them. Which makes no sense, really. I guess like, it doesn't very much. Like, it's very... um dissonant to me so mm. i i fully understand why people were upset about it um i kind of was not because i feel like they do this a lot on this show where it's like oh here's this mud horn trying to protect our egg we're gonna kill it for metaphorical purposes right which is basically what they're doing here too 
But yeah. then the fact that they're trying to play it off as comedy is probably where it went wrong, I would say, writing-wise. Yeah, I mean, they were clearly trying to fu- they were clearly trying to infuse a bunch of comedic moments in this episode, so I think they went a one too far that time. But um, yeah, and it's like if a woman had written this, there is no way, there's no way that would have been played off as comedy. Right, right. I just don't think so. If it even would have happened at all, probably maybe even not. Right. Um, I agree. So uh, Lucasfilm hire women writers is the basic. Honestly, as always. Honestly, they should just hire you. I mean, you you literally know what they want, and they don't know they that you know what they want. So if they hire you, I will happily consult. Yes. And be like. Hey, Star Wars, guess what you do all the time? You kill off Star Wars moms all the time. They never get a happily ever after, ever. It's really, really getting old. We're pissed. Stop doing that. <laughs> and then you can hire me to write the music, and I'll be very happy. There we go. Yeah. End of story. Everything works out for everyone. Yep. Okay, but here is why this episode is super meta. I put danking. That's that's the oh. new frack. It's the new frack. <laughs> oh, why? Yeah. Because he says dank ferric or something like that oh oh that's right that's right that's right yeah yeah so that's good. now i've adopted dank as frack why this episode is so danking meta yeah let's get into this this is cool so like i said before like there is just built into our oh, brain yeah. stem people mm-hmm. are afraid the amygdala cre- baby of creepy crawlies mm-hmm. and slimy wimies and stuff like that and it's and it's because you know survival and whatnot when you lived in in the in a cave you had to know like snakes can kill me Mm -hmm. spiders can crawl in my ear and lay eggs and kill me like all these things could happen totally so so people a lot of people have a phobia of spiders including me i absolutely hate them Mm mm-hmm so I sympathize with everybody who was watching this who was like, nope, and turned it right off because yuck. But here's the thing. The same people that were mad about Baby Yoda eating the frog eggs mm-hmm. were super happy that all the spiders get executed. Lame. They're playing both sides, yo. And I'm just like, could you be more Jedi dogma? <laughs> true <laughs> could you possibly be more well it's okay to embrace the light fully but you better be stay far far away from the dark and you better kill it because it's gross and it's scary if it gets out of hand so, right yeah which i also found very interesting in the episode what did the rebels do they kill all the spiders oh yeah no question they, about it because that's what the Jedi do. And mm-hmm. that's what they've taught the rebels to do. And that's the dogma. Kill Conceal, the dark. don't feel. Conceal, don't feel. Conceal, don't feel. Kill <laughs> the dark side. It's going to F you up at some point. Suppress. So, again, the Wanabi White Spiders did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. I know. Any more than the frog eggs did anything wrong. They literally did nothing wrong. Both moms were valid in, you know, wanting to protect I mean, what did young. the crate dragon do wrong? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he was a bit aggressive. Okay. 
okay, uh, people aren't? <laughs> well, I know. I'm just saying, like, it, it, he was causing a lot of death and destruction. But he was just trying to sleep. Well, no, they were giving him offerings so that he wouldn't come into the villages and kill everybody and eat all the banthas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. He was, anyway. Otherwise, oh, otherwise the table. he would. My bad. Otherwise, he would do that. So I just found it very interesting that everybody's like, Baby Yoda. Like, they all turned on Baby Yoda, but fast. Let me just tell you, they were out for Baby Yoda. They were like the, the dude with the knife at Baby Yoda's yep. neck. Yes, they were. <laughs> Literally, if Baby Yoda touches one more frog egg, I'm going to cut you. Oh, absolutely not how dare they how then, dare they but then they turned around and they were super excited when all the spiders got killed and the mom who was just trying to protect her babies gets executed why are people so basic <laughs> like grow up bro but i but i also enjoy the whole meta of that like again oh yeah like, oh dude it's like it's literally like this is what i want to do with art like I wanna, I wanna create this kind of art that plays on kind of predisposed information for the audience, and then like turn it around on them and actually make it satirical. Oh yeah! Don't tell me that the writer wasn't didn't know exi- that that would happen. Like exactly bruh. that that would happen. Oh, bruh. I mean, I mean, I mean. That's why that's... you're saying like you kind of you say you sympathize with the people who think it's kind of weird that because like they tried playing it off as it was. As if it was funny. I, oh, I totally understand that reaction because, yeah, they did play it off like it's a gag and that it didn't make any, co- I mean, I, you know, it's I do understand like I the reaction, but it takes just a few seconds to sit back and realize, okay, well, that's the point. <laughs> like, True. <laughs> I mean, use your logos for once, you know? It, like, I, it, I don't know. It's just. But also I understand, like, for a lot of people, fertility is a... Well, but an issue and maybe they have personal that's true that's true fertility issues and that can be very upsetting i'm sorry yeah th- totally i was i was just thinking on the side of um i guess metaphorically just visually just like why that's weird like i understand i i agreed like i thought i, I was a little like what but i didn't like hate baby yoda <laughs> i was just like oh that's weird oh i oh i know i did not hate baby yoda i was just like why you doing that bro like stop it yeah. Stop doing that. <laughs> Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Bad, bad baby Yoda. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the meta. So do you want to? Hmm. I'm sorry. Just I was just gonna add the tag, like the meta and like the whole play on like evolutionary fear in this one. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty artfully done as far as yeah. that goes. Yeah. Um. So what do you want to talk about the cave? Go. Okay. First things first. The fact that it's made of ice, and ice is reflective. So the really cool thing about this cave, in my opinion, that no other cave has is that idea of reflection. And except the one that Rey goes into, I guess, in The Last Jedi, that one introduces that. But but I just really like this. But she's still surrounded by like rock and there's like kind of solid things Mm -hmm. like this place was entirely reflective in a way. Frozen water. Mm hmm. Which is going to be important for this entire season, according to me. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, of course. But um, yeah, but I'll, I'll talk about just the, that room, uh, the frozen oasis, I guess, uh, 
for a moment. So, first things first, Garden of Eden. Okay. And this should be easy to understand for you. So, I mean, there are things that are bad in this room, and there are the things that are good in this room, and Baby Yoda eats well, quote the thing unquote, that's bad, quote unquote. Good. Okay, yes, but from the perspective of um us, I guess, as as like just just you know, humanistically, I guess. Um Baby Yoda partakes in the fruit. Like he literally eats the thing that causes the world to tear apart across around him, around them. Um also Pandora's box. And the idea of Pandora's box is that I forget who opens it. I think it's a. She, I think it's. She does. She opens it. No, I thought it was. No, I thought it was Pandora's box, and then someone gets it and opens it. That's what I thought. No, but, she opens it. I'm okay. almost positive. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm tripping. And then like all hell leaves from that box and yeah. wreaks havoc on the world. So that's obviously there. Um, there's. Obviously, yeah. You talked. You touched on it. The Greek mythological connotation of a of a spring. Mm-hmm. Um. Kind of like the river sticks. I don't know. I, I, I got that vibe a little bit and how it heals, but it can also kill um, mm. depending on how it's used, right? With like Achilles and stuff like that. Um, yeah, this is like a lot of stuff. I don't know. But the Garden of Eden thing for me was like I was sold the moment that yeah. happened. So. Yeah, I can totally see that being a, where you would get that. Yeah, but oh, and also just like the total depiction of the yin and yang, um, just like these like the dark and the light right next to each other, just like in stasis, just sitting there, right? Right. Um, I think technically the yin yang flows, but but it's the idea of that they're just like almost practically conjoined, like at the hip mm-hmm. in a room. It's kind of like that. Um, yeah, and you have the two mothers, which. Clearly, Frog Lady oh, yeah. is quite chill and quite lovely, and everybody loves her now. But then this Spider Mom, uh, you know, scary AF. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, there's so many binaries in this episode. You, I don't even think we could sit here and name them all. There's just so many. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I but, guess like if you talk about binaries, it's very easy to just parallel them to each other i guess but for some reason um this one i got the big yin yang garden of eden pandora's box uh the labyrinth with the minotaur the minotaur being the spider um yeah so much stuff you could look at there but anyway we should continue okay so yeah i want to talk about frog lady again like them making absolutely sure that we know she is a frog Mm mm-hmm and how tro- frogs represent transformation and change. There's a whole fairy tale aspect about them. You know, the frog prince and the, you know, the frog prince changing into the frog changing into the prince. Oh, true. True. Um, and their whole life cycle being all about transformation and metamorphosis. Um, that being just a metaphor, I think an ongoing metaphor for what's going on with Din internally and how mm-hmm. he's still transforming into you know what he's going to end up as in the end oh you think he's going to become a frog 
<laughs> yes, I think he's going to become a frog. <laughs> no, dear, I do not think he's going to become a frog. Okay. But um, I just think it's a reference to kind of the same thing, you know, that was happening in season one, where he was transforming from this loner, uber-masculine, um, tough guy with no friends, no family, no connections. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a legitimate child that he cares a lot about, obviously. Yep. So... Um, you know, I think we talked about it before, how we think Boba Fett is going to be the one that's like, how dare you take this child to the Jedi, mm-hmm. who are, in his opinion, a-holes, and they're going to ruin him. And by the way, that's your kid now. Why are you even thinking about giving him up to anybody? Right. You know, because he's an orphan, too. I think that's going to be the whole point of... Mm-hmm this season where he's just going to be like uh yeah this is my child for sure i oh, don't yeah. think i'm ever going to be able to give him up now mm-hmm. yeah that'll, that'll uh, be i can't wait till they they meet man <laughs> there's going to be some there's going to be some transformation happening in this season there has to be for sure um but just to mention like another binary the whole thing about am- amphibians frogs that can live as adults on both land and water. We've talked a lot about that already. Um, And the whole theme of fertility and the feminine, you know, like we talked about, she travels from Tatooine to an ice planet where there's a, a hot spring that she just happens to find and hang out in. And now she's going to end up going to an estuary moon, which is the water planet that we keep saying. And just FYI, if there's a moon and there's water, those are both heavily feminine um, symbols and pretty much everything. So, For sure. Yeah, these are themes. There's uh, no question. Obviously. Um, okay. Oh, parenting also being a huge theme in this. We see, um, well, there's the Adelphi reference that we already talked about, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Then there's Din's style of parenting, which is basically like maybe 50% of the time you're keeping track of your kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seems like that. Because when you're not, they're eating things they shouldn't be eating. You know, he's... (laughs) He's learning. That's also a transformation he's going through, like how to True. actually be a parent. Yeah. And then, you know, there's frog ladies potentially going to be a parent. Mm-hmm. By the I don't way, think, just, I mean, I don't think anyone knows how to be a parent but by nature. It's just you I go mean, with the flow, you know? Right. Well, I guess that's debatable. <laughs> some, people, some people are good at it. Maybe others have to try much harder. Hmm. I suppose. Um, but again, there's three pair. There's three pairs of parent offspring in this True. story. True. Spider, mother, <laughs> mother, mother spider. <laughs> yeah. Spider babies. Din and Baby Yoda, Frog Lady and her eggs. Who you vote? Who you voting for for best couple? Who am, who am I voting for? Who's best couple? 
this episode. I'm voting. I'm voting for Mother Spider and the babies. Uh, yeah, I would too. I think because they get no respect and they did True. nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and what do they what do they get for their trouble? Fried death. <laughs> they yeah. just get death, unresting death, as Philip Larkin likes to say. So uncool. Yeah. So uncool. Uh, okay, so let's just hit real quick on the Christ references that we picked up on. Oh, sure. Din carrying the staff across his shoulders like mm-hmm. a cross mm-hmm. through the desert. May the force be with you and also with you. Mm-hmm. And then, which we haven't really mentioned verbatim yet, but Baby Yoda eating the body of the actual spider and continually eating the eggs. Oh, do you think it's like communion? <laughs> is a very communion-esque I guess I didn't type think of, of thing. I guess, yeah. I didn't think about that. Because and he does honestly, do it three times. He's eating the whole shebang. He's eating the light side. He's eating the dark side. Who is the godlike force in Star Wars? The force made up of the light and the dark. Of course. And then how the force is kind of like personified in people sometimes. True. It's very weird. It's very so, weird. Honestly, the force is just totally Christianity when you look at it that way. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of weird. N- I mean, you can. It's look, everything. It's everything. But you it's, can look at it through any religious lens. Yeah, we've choose. talked about that. I'm just saying this one today. I uh, my ingrained education of 15 years is definitely was going off. You know. Oh yeah, many pings, many pings. We're many pings. Off. And just, you know, to wrap up, I think, the whole sleeping thing, three times, he goes to sleep. Yep. I mean, yeah. And And you didn't even mention my Garden of Eden thing. I think that that's an obvious one. Well, no, I know. We just talked about it. I'm hurt. No, I just want to know, like, (laughs) sleep. We just talked about it. I was like, yeah, I can totally see that. Okay. Okay. But... The sleeping thing just, it actually took me a few times to watch the episode before I was like, why is he sleeping so much? What is going Mm -hmm. on here? Something's up with that. And then I was like, oh my God, three times he goes to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an awful lot of threes. There's binaries and there's threes Mm -hmm. in this one. Duples and triples. Um, But I also feel like him going to sleep so much, it's kind of like a dreamlike sort of it, it reminded me of mortis like how they uh yeah definitely go to sleep you know and then mm-hmm. they're like oh my god was that real did that really happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. i just think this entire episode was just a personification of the subconscious case closed oh it totally is yeah they're in an ice cave the weirdest stuff i've ever seen is happening in this ice cave like from out of nowhere mm-hmm Hot tubs and spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> True. Okay. Yeah. Well. A solid one. Looking forward to next week. Questions, comments? Um, no. You, I mean, you like have... I said, this one did not take me by surprise. I, I, pretty much everything you've said here, nothing surprised me this time. Oh, you know what? We did forget to mention that Ludwig quotes... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. 
March of the Resistance. Yeah, the boy. That's so cool. I don't believe he's quoted any John Williams Mm-mm. until now. This nope. is the first time. Yep. Uh, Which honestly made me feel really good. Yeah, and you sent me that article today. I read it. Um, oh, the my, one about Ludwig? Yeah, yeah. I checked that out. And uh, yeah, my mom sent me an article about how he was basically told by Favreau, just like, make something new. Do it. Just make something new. And I do appreciate it a little more the work that he does now because I thought that he was doing it to be hip. Like I didn't realize that there was an actual purpose for wanting to do it so differently. I just thought it was like hip, you know? So, you know. Yeah. Let's just preface that by saying that Colin and I off mic have had many a conversation <laughs> and I'm like, I, frigging love the score and Colin is like side-eyeing it super hard. Okay, I don't side-eye. I'm just, I'm having a hard time digesting and that's okay. You don't need to be rude. I'm not being right? rude. I'm not being rude. Just because I'm, I'm just having a hard saying. time digesting, I'm not perfect like you. I can't take in art without a bat in an eye. Like, I'm sorry, but. I, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying you have side-eyed it from the beginning and I've just been like, what? Because you love Ludwig. Like, you love his I do. other stuff. Yeah, Black Panther is amazing. And, so uh, I know for a fact. And, and Tenet, just... bro? Tenet, bro? Oh, don't even get me started. Tenet's amazing. But I'm sure that it is simply a question of John Williams is your god. Yeah. And I'm working through that. I'm coping. <laughs> You're trying to work through it. <laughs> yeah. That that is why I sent you that article because I yeah. I saw that he was talking about J Dubs a little bit in it so I thought maybe that would be helpful to you in working through your dark side baggage regarding. <laughs> yeah, I like how he said in the article that he was go. scared. I like yeah, how he said well, that. Admitted that. I know, but I mean, I don't know. I um, I think John and there was also a quote from John Powell, which was really cool. Oh, was there? I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah, he was. Uh, there was a, br- a brief paragraph talking about Jaquino's work and his work and mm. um, comparing it. And basically, the point of the paragraph was saying, like, yeah, there have been other people who have written music for Star Wars, but they always emulate the style, right? And um, the same instrumentation, you know, and the same grandiosity of it. And John Powell said something like that he was um, that he was terrified, basically, to write that music. He was super scared, but honestly, that score turned out to be a humdinger, if I say so oh, myself. Yeah. But Everybody yeah. has done very well, I feel like, when yeah. they've taken on a Star Wars project, from the music at least. Yeah, they don't pick no bums to to write Star Wars music, but yeah, I think... So far, so good. I love how... I like the, eth- the ethnic um, instrumentation in The Mandalorian. I love that. I love the bass clarin- uh, uh, bass recorder. That's super cool. <laughs> I love the use of the electric guitar. I love the use of the patches that he uses, like the electronics. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but uh, that was one of your criticisms early on, that it was too electronic and it was freaking you out. But I kind of get it. I kind of get the mood he tries to establish, I think. Okay. Now. Well, I'm glad to hear you're coming around because... Yeah. I personally find it to be above, like, it's, like, spectacular, if you ask me. It's well done. 
for the sure. stuff that he's been doing. And one of the bummers is, you know how all the first season they would drop the episode soundtracks on Spotify yeah, right after the that. episode? They're not doing that this time. Bogus, bogus. Not okay, Lucasfilm. Not okay. Uh, I wonder if it has something to do with him, though, if he said something. Well, I mean, okay. If it has something to do with COVID and the and the fact that they couldn't get the recording quality maybe that they needed or mm. but they haven't said anything like they just they mm. aren't even commenting on it like oh sorry we really can't do this this season because of you know recording difficulties due to covid or whatever so that's really know. weird it's weird but, uh, but anyway again it was super fun to hear a john williams quote for the first time yeah yeah i can't wait for more quotes mm-hmm I don't know what it could be. Oh, dude, if he quotes Boba Fett's theme, but, like, makes it electronic and, like, super grungy, that'd be yeah, so cool. Yeah, but see, that's not going to happen because that's not who he is anymore. He's going <sighs> to get a new theme, and I can't I wait. Oh, yeah, that, that'll be that'll be sick, I'm sure. I mean, what could they... What could they quote? I don't know. Oh, Force theme, I guess. Mm, yeah, I don't At think he's even point. quoted that. Nope, yeah. he has not. Weird. Anyway, I very much enjoyed this episode. I did too. As yeah. weird, crazy, bananas, cuckoo as it was, even though it was that, it was also like deeply metaphorical. And you yeah. know how I love metaphorical Star Wars. Metaphor- metaphorical uh, uh, tomfoolery. Yes. And anytime. Haberda- oh, haberdashery. Anytime there's going to be a Krikna or a space spider, I'm going to love it. Uh, yeah. Love it. Love it. And it, Or an egg or a uterus or anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I guess we're going to the water planet. Yay! Yay! And Frog Lady better have a happy ever after or there will be hell to pay. <laughs> John sure. Favreau, we're coming for you. Uh, okay, if you're an okay. idiot and you don't give them... Many, many happy babies. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. But okay. all right, I should get going. Right. Let's <laughs> let's uh drop our social information. Yeah. We are on Twitter at Unknown Reach Pod. I am on Twitter with my personal handle at Frey Adjacent. We have an email, unknown regions pod at gmail. Wait a minute. Unknown regions pod oh. at gmail.com. Oh. Colin has gone off of social media, so you won't find him anywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Good and addition. I am on Facebook under my name. You can find me there. Well, I guess you're still on Facebook. because I am said, on Facebook. As you said, quote, unquote, nobody cool is on Facebook anymore anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Wait, what? Did I say that? You said, I went off of social media, and I'm like, really and you were like yep i went off of instagram snapchat i'm like well, what about facebook and you're like facebook is whatever like nobody's on facebook anyway. <laughs> well actually no i kept facebook because there are people that i actually that i have i have important contacts that need to get through to me okay. through facebook i guess you did mention that too but you also yeah. kind of made it like a boomer <laughs> even though i'm not a boomer you still insist on calling me one yeah uh, far from a boomer i know i know i know i know Okay, so we will talk next week when yeah. we see episode 11 of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be called... Oh, let's start predicting what the titles oh. are going to be called. Yeah. It's going to be called... The Voyage. 
It's totally gonna be called the voyage. <laughs> hey, let's go. I, I called it. Let's go. Let's go. That's not even. That's not even hard. Like that wasn't even a hard one. Yeah, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> well, it could be maybe the. Um... What if it was like the Odyssey? <laughs> Super on the nose. I highly doubt that's gonna happen. Uh, the Iliad. But the voyage. The Iliad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but the voyage is good. It's totally gonna be the voyage. Yep. All right. Well, that was a fun game that lasted about <laughs> 0.2 seconds. Yeah. Hey, Colin. Yo. See you around, kid. I'll see you as well. Thank you for listening to Unknown Regions Podcast. The introductory theme for Unknown Regions Podcast was composed by Colin Whitlick and was performed live by a volunteer orchestra. This recording and composition is the intellectual property of Colin Whitlick, but please feel free to hire him for all your compositional needs. He is the composer you're looking for. All the opinions expressed on Unknown Regents Podcast are of a personal nature and in no way reflect that of Disney or Lucasfilm. Thanks again for listening. See you real soon.